0: Eight or so years ago, I came across an excerpt of Bruce Filer's book, The Secret of Happy Families, in the New York Times. In the excerpt, Feiler recounts an annual family gathering one August, plagued by what he describes as assorted crises. Now, anyone who belongs to a family can relate, and if you cannot, I will give you my therapist's number. A friend of mine, and I've said this many times from this pulpit, uh, Verzola, who is a pastor in Dallas, has said there's no such thing as a dysfunctional family. Dysfunctional means this is how we function. So once Bruce's parents, spouse, siblings, nieces, and nephews go to their separate corners during this crisis for a night's rest, Bruce's father calls him to his bedside. Our family is falling apart, his father says. No, it's not, Bruce responds instinctively. It's stronger than ever. Feiler goes on to characterize crowning features of resilient children and families, and by by extension, resilient communities and societies the intergenerational self and what he calls an oscillating family narrative. According to a study done in the mid-1990s at Emory University, children who could answer questions like, do you know where your grandparents grew up, do you know where your parents met, do you know an illness or something really terrible that happened in your family, quote, proved to be more resilient, meaning they could moderate the effects of stress." That is the intergenerational self at work. But back to the oscillating family narrative. The researchers in that Emory study go on to say that family narratives tend to take on one of three shapes. The first is an ascending narrative which can be characterized as we started off with very little, worked our way to a certain class, and now look at all we have. So an ascending narrative. Then there is the descending narrative, which is something like we had everything and then we lost it all. So ascending narrative, descending narrative. The third one and this one is characterized as healthiest by these researchers and experts in terms of relational resilience, is called an oscillating narrative, an oscillating narrative which can be characterized as our family has seen difficulty and success, failure and triumph, but most importantly, we had each other. That's an oscillating family narrative. The New York Times ran a similar article this past week about adolescence and the so-called lost year of the pandemic, the lost year. You've probably said it yourself, I've said it, I've heard it, this so-called lost year. Expert after expert in adolescent psychology pleads in this article with readers to stop referring to the last 14 or so months as a lost year, especially, especially around their middle and high school age children. Now, I don't often tell people what to do from the pulpit. I'm not telling you what to do. This is just something to pray about. Don't refer to this past year as a lost year especially around your middle- and high-school-age children. One psychologist and neuroscientist quoted in the article says the following, we have to start considering how we are going to frame this period as we emerge from it. We need to focus not just on hardship and tragedy, we need to praise our children for their flexibility, and resilience, and ability to change, end quote. Praise them, praise yourself. Praise those you love for their flexibility, their resilience, and their ability to change over this past 14 or so months. In the portion of Acts read so eloquently just a moment ago, St. Peter does just this, in the wake of a miracle. A man with severe mobility challenges is instantaneously rehabilitated when Peter and John take him by the hand and raise him to his feet. While the man clings to Peter, the witnesses, the narrator says, are utterly astonished. Why does this take you by such complete surprise? Peter asks the crowd as if our power or piety made him walk. The God of our ancestors, Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, and the God of Jesus whom you killed and God raised has healed this man right before your very eyes. Peter tells an oscillating narrative. It has an element of descent. You handed Jesus over and rejected him before Pilate. It has an ascending element too. You killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead and it is his faithfulness that has brought healing to this man's body. Jesus' exhausting disruptive death is mirrored in the exhausting, disruptive year of death, delay, and devastation the global coronavirus pandemic has brought to the lives of billions of people the world over. And yet the story does not end there. Good Friday is a semicolon, not a period. God raises Jesus from the dead. God transforms tragic ends into beautiful intermissions. But further than that, because we don't want to get stuck in an ascending narrative, God does not give up on our situations when the intermission ends either. Instead, God places God's self right next to us on the unpredictable roller coasters of life and says, I'm here and that will never change. It has been alluring these past few weeks to celebrate plummeting COVID infection numbers and rising vaccination numbers. Notice an ascending narrative and a descending narrative This was an ascending narrative. Everything will be better from here on out, the talking heads seemed to assure us on cable news. And then we got word that 15 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine had been ruined due to a factory mix-up. And then we got word this past week that the J&J vaccine was coming to a pause after reports of a small number of rare and severe types of blood clots had developed in six or so women between the ages of 18 and 48. And infection rates are going up in pockets across this country. A descending narrative. What are we to make <laughs> of two seemingly contradictory realities especially when we are emotionally invested in things getting better not worse a wise place to begin addressing this complex question is found in the oscillating narrative of Peter's words and of the Eucharistic prayer Richard will recite in just a moment he will say Christ yearned to draw the whole world to himself. Yet we were heedless of his call to walk in love. Then the time came for him to complete upon the cross the sacrifice of his life and to be glorified by you. An oscillating narrative. It is in our little deaths, our little crucifixions, our little resurrections, and the anticipations, large and small, that offer us the discipline of resilience. It is sitting with a new diagnosis, the loss of a job, the ending of a relationship, or the death of a loved one, and holding on to those flashes of normalcy and joy. It is getting that bonus or experiencing that birth or purchasing that new car and knowing things haven't always been this great, nor will they necessarily remain so. It is existing in the strain between what I've known and what I do not know and trusting God with all of it the devastating diagnosis, the exciting birth, the joy of that new ride. And knowing deep inside that the crucified and risen Jesus cannot be contained by our arbitrary categories of, this is a great experience or this is a bad experience. Instead, Jesus takes interest in us as we are, where we are, and like Peter and John, takes us by the hand and lifts us to our feet. Amen.